Hey friends, welcome to the Robin Graham show. I'm so grateful you're joining me for another episode where we dive into entrepreneurship, faith, mental health, and so much more. I'm your host, Robin Graham, a brand strategist, business coach, and mentor. Join me every week to learn how mindset, strategy, and action combined will produce the results you are dreaming of. Discover your purpose and follow your God-led callings, values, visions, and passions to create a personal brand and strong foundation for long-term success. The sky is the limit when we spend time with like-minded people. Through interviews and solo episodes, we'll be diving into inspiring stories, life and business journeys of failure and success, and the strategies and tools used along the way. Ready to learn? Grab your cup of coffee, the car keys, or the dog's leash, and let's dive in to this episode. Hey, beautiful friends. Welcome back to another episode of The Robin Graham Show. I am here today with some very special guests all the way from the UK, Rob and Kennedy. And today we are going to talk about email marketing. I love email marketing. I think it is one of the best strategies you can possibly have for your business in terms of growing your audience, warming them up, changing, converting those cold leads to warm leads and building relationships. They get to know you, love you, and trust you through your email marketing. And instead of talking today about how you can grow your list, because I'm going to make that assumption that you already have a list that you're emailing. And if not, you better get to work on that. But we are going to talk today about conversion. We're going to talk about taking those email, that email list and converting those people to paying clients. So without further ado, Rob and Kennedy, welcome to the Robin Graham show. Hi, Hi Robin. For having us. <laughs> Absolutely. Will you guys take the platform for just a second and tell the listeners a little bit about yourselves and how you came together to partner in this business of being email marketing gurus? Yeah, absolutely. So um, our background is a little weird. We're both from the entertainment industry. Um, I'm a hypnotist. I'm Rob, by the way. Uh, I'm a hypnotist, and I'll be using this voice for the rest of the uh, podcast. That's how you'll know it's me. Um, <laughs> I've been a, a stage hypnotist for the past almost 20 years, traveling almost all over the world, performing my show, hypnotizing people, making them do crazy things for two hours, and then sending them back to the audience. And Kennedy is a mind reader, or as folks in other parts of the world might know it, like the States, as a mentalist, which means he uses the skills of uh, body language and psychology and understanding people and influencing people and human behavior to make it look like, to kind of create the illusion of being able to pluck a thought from their minds and, and read their minds. And again, been doing that for almost 20 years. And we met years and years and years ago at a magic convention, a conference for magicians, and just became friends. And we both realized that we had both accidentally started a business, like for me, straight out of school and for Kennedy, right out of university. We'd taken the thing we were really passionate about, which was performing, and started a business from it. But the problem is we didn't know anything about pricing or packaging or positioning or branding or sales or marketing or any of that stuff. And we just had to learn really quickly. But because we didn't know what we didn't know, that comes with a certain amount of naivety and just the willingness to just try stuff and see what happens. And so we did. And both very independently, without discussing it, we both uh, fell into the world of email marketing because it was a really good way for us to get clients and get referred to other clients and just generally keep in touch with our clients in between gigs. Uh, you know, as an entertainer, it's not the sort of thing where you get booked every week by the same person. You might get booked back every couple of years by the same person. Um, and so we needed to use email as a way to keep in touch and build relationships and uh, and grow the business and both independently started doing it. And after a while, we sort of both mentioned it. We swapped notes and said, hey, listen, I've been doing this thing called email marketing. Um, I've got this thing. You can get people to put their email address in. Bear in mind, this is like 18 years ago. So this is a lot's changed uh, in the email marketing landscape in 18 years. 
at the time you could just really collect people's email addresses and email them and that was about it so we started swapping notes on what we were doing and what was working and what wasn't and before very long uh, we were just constantly talking about it and it was the thing we were doing just to grow our own businesses that led to us teaching other uh, entertainers how to use email to grow their businesses and then eventually fairly recently five or six years ago we, we got asked to go and speak at a general business conference for small business owners of all shapes and sizes all different types of business and teach their stuff and we were like okay i guess we could do that and it was just such a such a hit that we decided to branch out and keep teaching it and uh, so here we are today fast forward we've helped thousands of businesses around the world uh, tens of thousands of businesses through our podcast and stuff like that uh, to get better results from email in a way that doesn't make them want to be sick in their mouths <laughs> okay i love that you added that to the very end um so Okay, this is fabulous. Kennedy, do you have anything to add to that? Uh, everything he just said was a lie. None of it's true. No, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's exactly as he said. I mean, that's the thing. Like, If you look at the numbers, any business, whether you're selling a service or a product or an online program or whatever, the thing they all have in common, the successful ones, is they are all driving people towards an email list and they're using email marketing to make the majority of the impact that makes the sales. That's just what's happening. The problem is most email marketing sucks, but that doesn't make it unique. Most people who try and sing also suck. There's only one Adele. There's only one you know, of anything, anybody who's successful at anything. 99% of everything sucks. Sorry to be Mr. Negativity here, but that's true. What we want to do, what we want on a mission to do through our brand, Email Marketing Heroes, through the podcast, the Email Marketing Show, through everything that we're doing, products, course, whatever, everything, is to show you that your email marketing can be authentic. It can be you showing up, but it can also be the highest converting thing that you do and you can enjoy doing it. Mm, I love that. So I love email marketing. Like I said that in the intro, to me, it's, I own that list. I can email at any point in time. And something you said, Rob, is that necessity to be front of mind because the person receiving your email may not hire you today. They may not hire you in six months, but tomorrow they may be having a conversation with someone and your email popped into their e inbox and they're like, oh my gosh, Robin just sent that email and it's exactly what you need. And I, so I, I love it. And I think it's important to be present. I think a lot of people are afraid to start emailing. They're like, oh, I don't want to bother anybody. I, well, isn't that too much? Aren't they going to just unsubscribe? And I'm like, yay, they unsubscribed because they weren't your ideal person anyway. And if they were never going to buy for you, why have them on your list? They're just taking up space that's unnecessary. You can add someone that is going to convert down the road. Okay. With all of that said, let's talk about how to convert those people on your email list to paying clients. Yeah. I mean, the, the big thing that, that happens is People join your email list, right? However you're getting them. And at that point, you're the sexiest you've ever been, right? You've never been so sexy and good looking <clears throat> and attractive and important to that person as the moment that they join your email list. After that, I'm afraid it's just downhill from there. It's like the wrinkles start <laughs> to appear and all your bad habits start to start to come to the front. That means that the moment they join your email list, you've got to do everything you possibly can to make that connection and set up the relationship. And that's the big mistake we see people having all the time. Look, a couple of months ago, I joined someone's email list because I wanted to join. They were doing one of those amazing 
um, free challenges. And I was like, yeah, I want to get involved in that. I want to learn what it is that they do because we invest in our education every single week. We're in coaching programs. We've got coaches. We're in masterminds. Of course we are because we all need to be constantly developing our skills. So I thought, let's have a look at this thing. So I joined this guy, very famous marketing person, very experienced, being around a long time, similar sort of time to us, actually. And I joined their list. The first email I get from the person is this. The subject line says, bonus number three is expiring at midnight. And I'm like, what? What's bonus two? What's bonus one? What's the product? I don't know what's happening. I'm completely lost. I felt like I'd gone to a to a party where I didn't know anybody and I, I was there late and they're all mid-conversation. And I'm like this weird outsider trying to hustle in on the conversation and go, what is everybody talking about? That's really awkward for somebody. It puts them on the back foot. What we need instead is we all need to put our best foot forward at the moment we've got the peak of people's interest. We want to be there when they first show up and be like, hey, welcome. Let me introduce you to the, to, to our, my friends. Here's this person. This is what's going on. I'm going to be in touch with you. This is what's going to happen. And we're going to do something critical to email marketing that almost no one talks about. And that is to create context. We want to introduce our core product. We call it our Rome product, the thing that all roads lead to in our business. For us, it's our membership, the League of Email Marketing Heroes. For you, it's your co-program. For whatever it's going to be, it's your Rome product. And that's why we're going to introduce it really really quickly. We're going to be like, hey, by the way, over the next few months as we as we get to know each other even more, you're going to hear about this product. This is what it is. So in that every email that comes after it has frame, has context. And we do that thing. We do that through what we call, well, we do two things. The first thing we have is a welcome sequence, which sets up our relationship. We call it a getting to know you sequence. First of all, because it's about them getting to know us, us getting to know them. And it's the song from a musical called The King and I, and we're huge musical theater buffs, right? So uh, and now you've got a song getting to know you running around your head. Mm -hmm. You'll never forget it. Um, yes. So that so was we're the have first, by the way, you. the first musical I ever did see. There you go. There you go. There you go. Absolutely. Look, amazing movie and uh, mm -hmm. amazing show too. So mm -hmm. we've got this getting to know you sequence for set up the relationship, which is like, hey, I'm going to show up every however often you're going to email them and i'm going to be valuable to you this is what's going to happen here's how you can connect with me so at our first email and our getting to know you sequence we say hey welcome we're going to email you with a tip to improve your email marketing every single day it's free but it will definitely help you second thing is if you want to come and join the conversation and get involved we've got this free facebook group it's called the email marketing show community it's over here we've got a free podcast called the email marketing show it's over here and we're linking to this and we even fairly recently about maybe six months ago added in if you want to jump straight into the advanced stuff and get the stuff going this is an email number one you can join our membership called the league you can go here and every single week somebody does that because remember We've all got people joining our email list who've got an urgent problem now. You don't want to show up to the emergency room with your with your leg hanging off and the doctor's like, I'll just take your temperature and have you um, taken any, you know, you don't want to, you want them to fix your damn leg before it falls off. There are people who are in the emergency room for what you need, what you serve. So that's the first thing we do. We have a getting to know you sequence next. Okay, wait, wait, yeah. wait, wait, hold on. You're talking so fast. So yeah. I want to interrupt you for one second because I want to ask you. So you just mentioned like three different calls to action. It, and I want to make sure, are you putting those all in the first email? Because I was always under the impression that, no, let's make this simple. We don't want to give them too many decisions to make. 
in that first email and then kind of wait a little bit before we give them all of these options. Right. So quite often this is true, and quite often, generally speaking, in day-to-day email marketing, generally you want to drive people primarily towards one call to action. Not quite. We can unpack why that's the case later, but the email really should be about one call to action and drive them there. For the purposes of this first welcome email, we call this the buffet cart. Basically, this is that this is us setting expectations of everything that is to come. And basically, the, the goal of this is to bridge the thing they just gave us their email address for and what's going to happen next. And it's about becoming 3D and surrounding them and letting them know that you are... Um, you are everywhere in exactly the places that they want you to be. So in ours, it's a case of the fact we've got our podcast, the free Facebook group, um, a daily email, and our membership, the league, if you just want a shortcut. If you want to get straight to the best stuff we've got, then come and join the league. And uh, what it allows people to do is it's not about trying to force them down all those routes. It's just about to give them a choice of stuff that they might be interested in. And it's very much a case of here's some things you might be interested in. Feel free to go and look at any of them. And the goal of this really is to get people to engage. And by engage, we mean click on a link, not open mm-hmm. an email. That's useless. Click on a link. Um to something. And basically, if we give them a bunch of choices, we've got the best chance of maximizing the the, 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 the link clicks across the course of that thing. So we get like 80% of people in our business open one of those, uh, open that first email. 80, it's actually closer to 90%. And something like 60 or 70% of those people then go and click on a link. And our goal is to get as many people as possible to engage in our emails in the first 14 days in order to sort of prove to Google and Yahoo and AOL and Verizon and all these people who receive emails on our behalf that these people are actually interested, active and alive. So having all of those options makes that, that click-through rate go up. Okay. I love it. And I used to do that. And then I listened to a podcast and it said, don't give a call to action until later. So I changed everything. Now I got to go back and change it because I love this strategy because it truly is all about the clicks. Yeah, it is. It's all about them. So go back to that example that I gave about the person's join your list because they've got a problem. Like some of our customers help, um, help with all kinds of things from like improving your running, have courses about that to health related stuff, like whatever it is, some people have an urgent problem. And if you give them that chance to fix the problem in the best way right now, then some people are going to take it. Right. And here's, here's an interesting thing. One of the driving forces that we decided email marketing heroes was a great idea for a business for us was because we both had something strange in common. And that is, A lot, and I mean a lot, of the common conventional wisdom that's been touted around and taught about email marketing doesn't work for us. The common stuff of only have one call to action, don't don't sell to them within the first email or first few emails, just didn't work for us. And I think if you come at this whole thing from the angle of psychology, which is what we use, we use the psychology of having to understand people when you're a hypnotist or an, an, a mentalist, we have to understand human beings. Otherwise, we don't have audiences. We don't have gigs. We don't have 18-year-old, 18 18-year uh, careers. We don't have that. Uh, and so we have to dial that stuff in. And really, if we look at someone joins your list, when I go somewhere... You know, someone comes around to your house. What do you do? You tell them, oh, by the way, if you need the if you need the bathroom, that's where it is. Like you show people around for their comfort. We're doing the same thing. We're not teaching, we're not treating these people as numbers. We're treating each person as a human being who's gonna have different needs. And that's what this is really about. That's why what we do is so radically different in approach and results compared to anything else we've ever seen or our clients have seen. 
I love it. So, okay. So now we've got that first email out of the way and we've mm-hmm. given them the menu of everything that we're going to provide for them, right. the, you know, all of that delicious goodness within our business that they can now take part in to help solve their problem. What do we right. do next? Yeah. So the, the thing that's going to happen is we're going to spend four emails sort of introducing the ground rules of, of, of what it, this getting to know you sequence is four emails long. We're not going to every single bit of it right now because I want to get into other stuff, but needless to say, the first one gives you that buffet cart, that menu. The others introduce different elements of your business and, and your core philosophy. The next thing we're going to do is we're going to do something that we call an overture sequence. There's a musical theater uh, theme here. You can see um, this this overture sequence is basically when you go and see a musical, you sit down to watch 42nd Street or whatever musical, they'll play before the curtain goes up, they'll play a bunch of music from the show. And what that's what we're going to do in the email. In this next email sequence, which is for us is six emails long, we basically say, hey, this is our core product. Go check it out. And the second email is like, here's some social proof around the core product. By the end of that six email sequence, we have built context around our core product. So even if we had no more email automations, which we definitely want to do, but even if we didn't, by the t- when we first set up that overture sequence, people are now going to go into our broadcast newsletters. But the good news is, when you talk about your core product in your broadcast newsletters, every single person is seeing those broadcast newsletters with the context you provided through that automation, the overture sequence. So your impact and your results that you get from your newsletters are going to be multiplied. They're going to be significantly higher. So that's the thing we're going to do next is introduce the core offer that you want everyone to be in. We call it the Rome offer that we want every single person to be in over a course of six different emails. Here's a really interesting thing. In fact, Rob, Rob, I think Rob, obviously Rob's, I'm kind of talking over Rob a little bit and I'll, I'll let, I will let him speak. Rob, you're allowed to talk in a second, I promise. Um, it's, uh, is, it's really important that we have automations in our business, right? Mm-hmm. Because 100%. that's where we make most of our sales, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the interesting thing about it is that um, because of this context thing that's created, one of the problems that comes that, that comes with sort of generally just doing broadcasty type emails is that people come on, they join in your list, they, you send them an email in our case every single day. And there's two things that happen when you do something that often. First of all, it's not always your best work. I can't say that every single email we send every single day is our best work. Um, and furthermore, not every single email is going to, you know, every single individual email in its own right. We kind of think of them as being like a snowball that you sort of throw out with somebody and it hits somebody. It has a bit of an impact, but it's not until you take loads of snowballs and throw them all at once that you can create an avalanche. And that really has an impact. And so what that means is that sort of day-to-day broadcasting type emails, they kind of build up traction over time. And they're a really good way of doing long form nurture camp, n- nurture until somebody's ready to, to buy from you. Because really what they fix is a sort of timing problem. If you do a launch of something right now or put somebody through an automation right right now. And right now they're going through an operation or something that otherwise means that their life is um, otherwise consumed with stuff that means they can't get involved in your in your product right now. There's nothing you can do to overcome that. There's nothing you can or really should do to overcome that. It's just a timing thing. It's a genuine timing thing. They'll have to come back mm-hmm. when the time is right. And that's what those emails are really good for. Keep sending them out. And at some point, somebody it'll be the right it'll be the right time for that subscriber to just come and jump on your on your program or jump on your product or buy from you. But what automations allow you to do is to take the very best stuff that you've got, 
put them into automated campaigns, kind of like the overture that Kennedy just described, and have it so that every new subscriber goes through that. And we like to think of an email campaign as being a bit like your favorite TV show. So if you think about like Friends or something, and Kennedy hates Friends, we should point this out there. But it's a good example. The only person I know doesn't like that silly pivot, pivot, like that whole thing. It's not for me. Over the course of the uh, over the course of ten seasons of Friends, there were something like two hundred and thirty odd episodes. And what's interesting about it is every one of those episodes has its own little story. Uh, the one where Monica does this, the one where Ross does that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're, they're titled as such, right? To show the little individual stories of each one. But over the course of each season and over the course of the entire 10 seasons, you watch this entire story unfold. Or you think about your favorite murder show. In every single episode, the detective catches a different murderer. But over the course of the series, you watch that detective go on his own personal journey of falling in love or finding his parents or whatever it's going to be. And so what we like to think of email campaigns as doing is every individual email in the campaign serves its own purpose. It has its own beginning, middle, and end. It has its own story. But collectively, each one works together to tell a large, to build a bigger picture, to build a bigger belief that moves somebody towards buying from you. Now, some people will read the first email, they'll be hooked and they'll go and buy. Other people, well, they need to they need to see episode two. They need to see the second email, and that's what's going to get them over the line. Some people will ra- wait right until the very end uh, of that campaign in order to buy. But if any of those bits were missing, if any of those parts were missing, it's just not going to have the same impact. And so what we like to do is to use these campaigns, not all the time, because you'd be out of breath if you were just constantly trying to create these campaigns. You'd be completely exhausted. But what we do is we take the campaigns, and we've got them for webinars and product launches and challenges and book launches and live events and all sorts. You can imagine different ways, different angles, different offers offers for selling the same thing. You basically want to take them and take the best ones that work and put them into this sequence of automations that every subscriber goes through. So for us, it always starts with the getting to know you sequence, almost always then starts with an overture after that. And then after that, they go into different things that talk about your product in different ways. And basically ours right now is about six probably about six automations in a row. It would take an average person about 60 days to get through it. It kind of depends on how much they click on, how fast they get through that. But each one of them is its all selling the same thing, our membership, the league. And basically all it does is it, which ironically the league is, it teaches this process. Um, it's a little bit meta. And so basically people go through these campaigns until they're ready to, to buy, until they see the thing that they need to buy. Now, if they get to the end of those automations where they've seen all of our best stuff, the best possible opportunity to buy the league, the best um, belief building, the best conversion mechanisms and they still didn't buy that tells us really it's probably a timing thing they're probably email marketing isn't a focus for them right now they they were they were just you know mildly curious when they joined our list and they're not ready to commit to that level yet that's okay that's why our daily emails will then keep them going until they are ready to buy keep building value keep keep building beliefs until the time is right for them to pull the trigger and jump on this oh my gosh so much information you guys um <laughs> my head's kind of spinning So I love this. And I never thought about doing multiple automated, everything I do in my business is automated, but I never thought about doing multiple automated sequences as people roll in. So that is really, it's brilliant. I love it. Um, And and what it allows you to do, Robin, it means basically for us, 80% of the sales we make in our business happen during that 60 day period, the first 60 days, which does a lot of things for us as entrepreneurs. It means we can be on the beach. We can be on, on a flight on the way back from Vegas or speaking at a thing, or we could be on a podcast being interviewed as an expert or with our family. And yet we can be rest assured that every single new person that's dropping into our email list is going through the best email sequences that are most likely to turn that person into a customer are most likely to impress and impact that person. So they really understand the value of what we do. You're not just hoping they land on the day where you send a really good email. 
Mm-hmm. It's happening every single time. And we've got to remember, people buy for different reasons. So some people join our list and they might buy because they love the offer as the sales page, as it stands. But then if they don't buy from that, that's okay because coming up next is a thing where we might give you a bonus if you join within a certain number of days or we might offer a trial or we there's different ways you could frame this one thing. And the reason people buy is not usually to do with the product. It's usually to do with where the position of the, you've positioned the product. So all we're doing is positioning the product in multiple ways. The great news about this is you don't need loads of product. We've basically only got one product. We just sell it from lots of different angles. And that means you get to maximize how much you earn for every subscriber that you bring in, which means we can more confidently acquire new subscribers. We can spend maybe a bit more on bringing them in, or we can more confidently spend more time on bringing new subscribers in because we know we turn them into more money. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's brilliant. So we need to wrap up here, but before we do, do you have like last minute tips in terms of the copy that goes into these sequences? Like, is there a specific, and you've touched on it a little bit, but is there like in a nutshell, like a strategy as to what copy goes into which email when you're talking about, say, your first sequence of four emails? Yeah, so the first thing you want to do is, there's two two bits to this really, and that is that every single email needs to do one core thing. It needs to build one core belief. What most people tend to do is they tend to pile everything they've got. So let's imagine you're launching a new thing, right? And you're going to send an email to your list about it. What most people tend to do is write an email that'll say, hey, first name, thanks. So um, I'm really excited to tell you about this really cool thing. It's called X. Here's what it'll do for you and tell them what it'll do for you. Here's what people said about it. I'll tell them what they said about it. Here's why it's good and you should buy it now. That's great. It closes on Saturday though. Uh, Buy it now and you'll also get this bonus. That's cool. And the basically put everything there is to say in that first email, a hit send. And then they go, right, that's the email marketing done for this week. That's lovely. I'll move on and do something else. And they realize if they were to try and write another email the next day, they've got nothing left to say because everything was in the first email. So the first thing we do is we always make sure that every email has one job. It's to say one thing. So what we do is we start with a hook for the email. What is the mm-hmm. hook for this particular email? And then we can, what it's easy to do when we sit down and write and build our campaigns. Um, and there's like 30, four or 35 of them now inside our membership is we sit down and we go, right, what are all the different hooks that we need to hit over the course of this campaign in order for it to work? Great. Then then we structure those in a particular order that makes sense and stacks on top of each other and takes them on the right journey. And then we can write each of the emails to deliver that hook, that, that, that payoff, rather than just sitting down to a blank email and wondering what to do. That's the first part. The second big part of this is that we wrap the majority of what we do in our emails around stories, around stories about things that are going on in our lives, things that have happened in our lives, things that kind of illustrate the point of what's going on in our lives, because that's the most interesting um, way of being able to show up every day and illustrate stuff. You know, when you're uh, a little bit like, we, you know, we talk about this train carriages thing and we describe it as train carriages and we're teaching email marketing, but we're talking about, you know, that feeling when you get on a train and everyone can think, yes, I've been on a train before and you sit down, you make yourself comfortable, you put your bag on the shelf and you're all ready to go. And then you hear the the, the voice over the tannoy say, this is the whatever service to wherever you're going. And it's going to call it this station and this station and this station. And people can, at least that's how it works in the UK. Uh, people can relate to that, right? People know, oh, that, that's what it's like when I've been on a train before. They can feel that, uh, they can feel that, that uh, emotion that's wrapped up in that story, even though it's a fairly trivial story, a fairly fairly trivial example. But what that allows people to do is to connect with you as a, as a person, as a business owner, much more deeply than the thing that you just sell. And so we illustrate everything that we do in our business with stories. Almost every email has a story of some description in it, whether it's about that time that I fell over and broke my and hurt my knee, whether it's about that time that I got woken up by a flight attendant and I, I was just talking gibberish because I was tired. Whatever the story is, it then relates to whatever it is that you've got to say. It kind of illustrates the point 
point, kind of like a fable or a, a um, yeah, fable. And so that works really, really well. So that's the second thing we do because that way you can't ever run out of things to say. You can mm-hmm. run out of ways to say you should send more emails or use automations or tell story. You can run out of you can run out of things to say. You can't run out of stories to illustrate those points because these stories mm-hmm. are happening to us all every single day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So will you just give an example of a hook for an email subject line? For an email subject line. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the subject line is usually derivative of the story. So uh, one of the things you want to do, um, and people talk about using curiosity to get your emails opened. Mm-hmm. And this is usually mistaught because it's usually like echoes of of what people have heard before. So it's passed down the line and, and poorly taught. What you really want to do is something that we call compound curiosity. Compound curiosity is where there is more than one piece of curiosity in the email subject line. So, for example, um, she was going crazy is compound curiosity, whereas um, uh, my wife was going crazy is only one piece of curiosity because we know it's my wife and we know that she was going crazy. The curiosity is what she going crazy about. We kind of want to know that. Okay, but if it's she was going crazy, we want to know who is she? Is it my mom, my wife, my my dog, my cat? What is it? And what are they going crazy about? And was it crazy as in good or crazy as in bad? There's lots of what we call a compound curiosity there. The key to writing great subject lines is even though all the email platforms have it at the top or as the first screen to write first, ignore it. They're wrong because they don't write emails. They send emails. They don't write emails. So write your email content first. And then find something interesting within what you said and pull that out and have it as compound curiosity. How do you make one of those? So if I'd first written, my wife went crazy, I'm now going, how do I make that more curious? Well, I'll take out the fact it's my wife. I'll put in she. Now I've got two pieces of curiosity. There's now this compound effect of I need to open that email. The -hmm. other thing we have to remember, though, is give yourself a break. Give yourself a break on writing email subject lines because the subject line's not the thing that gets the emails opened. I'll tell you what it is because now everyone's going, what? Have these guys lost the plot? These Brits come along here teaching email marketing and send the subject lines? Subject line in mind matters, right? It definitely matters. The thing that gets your emails opened is your name. Your name landing the person's inbox and their emotional reputation with you is the thing. Look, if I get an email from my mum and there's no subject line, even if it says no subject line, I'm still opening the email. Why? Because it's from my mum. Yet, I could get an email from um, fr- from uh, somebody I don't know. But with the subject, with a subject line of something that's really enticing to me, like here's uh, some really good tips on to do your your hair really well. But if I don't know who the person is, I'm gonna be like, that's a spammer. I'm not opening, I'm not opening that email. Why? Because we have to focus on building a reputation with our email subscribers because it's our e- it's our name that gets our email open. So so what if you send out a subject line which is not compound curiosity? So what if it's not the best subject line ever? Did you show up, give value that they're going to like so that the next time your email lands in your inbox, they're going to open it up? And the quick way to break this and ruin this is to trick people to open your emails. If you trick people to open your emails with clickbaity subject lines, which are okay sometimes, but if they're the, the thing you're doing all the time, people are going to start saying, oh, I'm not opening this person's emails because they're always, they just trick me and let me down when I get in them. It's not really the thing they're talking about. That sucks. Your open rate's going to drop through the floor. So 
really focus on delivering and being valuable to your audience and showing up and showing up regularly. If they forget who you are, because you're only emailing once a week, which means they were going to forget who you are, by the way, if you're not emailing three times a week, people are going to forget who you are. It's a great way of dropping your, your open rate because they won't remember who you are. Mm. I like that tip too. That's very valuable to know that we need to send out, I, which I do two a week. So I need to step up my game a little bit, I guess. Two's better than one. <laughs> okay, thanks for that. It's, du- it's double. You. No, it's double. Like it's double. It's double what some people are doing, though, isn't it? Like and, two's fine. His, Three would be good. Here's yeah. an interesting thing, right? So let's let's imagine and just open rates are a little bit of a touchy subject, but let's just imagine for a second that that we get a thirty percent open rate. Yeah. And we email our list today, and we get thirty percent of our list to open it. So if we've got a thousand people, that's three hundred people. Great. Three hundred people saw that email. Seven hundred people didn't. They, you might as well have not sent it to those seven hundred people. It's had zero impact whatsoever. They've just skimmed over it. The next day, you send another email. You get a thirty percent open rate. You're going to get some of the people from the day before. And more than you would expect, because we've tracked this intensively across a bunch of different businesses, more than you would expect, you get a bunch of new people who didn't open yesterday. Okay, great. So then day three, you send a third email. That's three three emails in three days. You get another 30% of people to open your list. And you've got some people from day one and day two, and you've got a handful more who were fresh and didn't open either of the previous two. Over the course of a week, we've we've detected using software and stuff and people much smarter than us, statistician folks, to look at it across our business and a bunch of our clients too. We found that on average, if you get what is reported to be a 30% open rate from an individual email and you send five to seven emails over the course of a week instead, you'll get in front of 80 to 90% of your list, like 80 to 90% of your list will engage that physically couldn't if you only send one email a week or two emails a week. And so what it actually does is over time, that cumulative open rate you get effect- effectively an 80 to 90% open rate a week. That cumulative open rate has a much bigger impact, not only in terms of the number of people you get in front of each week, for sure, but also in front of how that's perceived by Google and Yahoo and Verizon, AOL, in terms of giving you better inbox placement and everything like that. Contrast that to sending an email once a week where 30% of your list will open it this week, next week another 30% will open it, and you've you've really still only reached probably about 40% of your list over the course of a fortnight, two weeks. And that really means that over a bigger period of time, you can go quite a long time before uh, anyone's seen some of your emails sometimes. So I just want to point out, and then we're going to wrap things up, but I want to point out here that when you spend your time creating social media posts, right? of your audience is going to see those posts and you don't get that opportunity to then send another one that's going to reach the rest of the, you know, another 2% or whatever. It's so iffy because of the algorithms, but with email marketing, you just told us that's proven that you have the statistics to, to demonstrate that. And I mean, if you look at, if you're using email marketing as a strategy in your business, you can actually use that as your core piece of content and then share it other places if you want to. But if you have a blog post or if you have um, a podcast or if you have any other cornerstone piece of content, you can always repurpose it in your email. And if it were me, and and I do spend my time doing emails versus doing social media. Like I'm not going to, I'm not going to spend time, but that, that just gave me a lot of insight as to, you know, where I'm spending my time and how to spend my time and makes a lot more sense to do it in the email than it does to do it on social media. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Okay, guys, how can the listeners learn more from you, connect with you and all that good, even hire you to entertain them? 
<laughs> to entertain them. Well, I mean, you could just get entertained by you can first of all, if you like podcasts, which I think you do because you're here, um, then um you can listen to our podcast. It's called the email marketing show. It's imagine if you could make email marketing entertaining every week. That's what we attempt to do every single week. So uh, uh I think you'll enjoy that. Other, otherwise, I think we've also got a cool free resource, Rob, right? Yeah, absolutely. So what as we've already hinted at a couple of times during this, um, there are a, one of the most the, the most important thing really that you can get somebody to consistently do is to click on the links in your emails. And sometimes it can feel like your emails are getting a little stale, just saying, you know, click here to do the thing, or even worse, just putting the naked link in your email, which is a terrible idea, by the way, just copying and pasting the link itself into the body of your email. Mm -hmm. So just that that's going to be, um, it can sometimes just get a little stale. So instead, what we wanted to do is to put together 12 really creative ways that you can dress up the links in your emails. And by using this variety of them, I mean, if you did one of these every day for 12 days and then rotated it around every day, it feels like it's got a different fresh uh, appeal. Um, and so we put together this report called Click Tricks. It's 12 really creative ways to dress up your links. And I would highly recommend that you check it out and download it. You'll also end up on our list, which means you'll see how we do all of this in reality. Um, you can get that just by heading over to emailmarketingheroes.com forward slash Robin. That's emailmarketingheroes.com forward slash Robin. Awesome. You guys, thanks so much for being here. This was fun. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for having us. And that's a wrap, friends. If you enjoyed this episode and found the information helpful, please take a moment to subscribe and leave a rating and review. That would mean the world to me. If you know someone who could use the information shared today, please share the episode with them too. And let's connect. You can find me on Instagram, Clubhouse, Facebook, and LinkedIn as The Robin Graham. Lastly, if you'd like more information on personal branding and brand marketing strategies, be sure to join my email list and the Female Entrepreneur Insider Facebook group. We are there every week with tips and trainings to help you build a solid foundation for brand and business success. And don't forget, on the website, you can find a plethora of free resources. Go to therobingraham.com forward slash resources and download any of the free resources that I have created to help you build a personal brand that stands out and makes an impact. Until next time, remember to smile. <laughs>